This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. Well, the BBC is leaking like a sieve at the moment. They've leaked another vital bit of Doctor Who information. There's a new trailer being leaked onto YouTube by this company called BBC. Can't they plug these leaks? Yes, hello and welcome to episode 267 of the Doctor Who podcast. Now, we have in the camper van this week a combination of hosts that you haven't had for how long? I had to look. <clears throat> We're getting on for nearly a year, guys. Tom and Trevor, welcome back to the camper van. Hello. Oh, good God, hello. I know. Are we going to know what to say to each other after not actually seeing each other or speaking to each other for so long? I've got plenty to say to Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to sit back. Off you go, Trevor. Well, okay. Look, the, the first and most important thing is I didn't think this was the camper van. I thought this was a cell. So you know, waking up here again. Wow. It does seem to be rather smaller, actually. I mean, in the year you've been away, I think they've managed to. Put lots of knickknacks and souvenirs and Doctor merchandise everywhere. I mean, it's all over the seats and the shelves. You you can barely find a place to sit. Oh. At the why end. are you Why are you surrounded by Jaffa cake packets? I don't think the camper vans have got smaller. It's <laughs> <laughs> just less space. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? But Something despite, like that. Despite yes. the fact the camper van has has changed, certainly on the interior, then uh, we're still very much the Doctor Who podcast, and we still bring you inaccurate updates on news which is what we're going to do this episode as well i know the guys spent some time talking about leaks last week but we're going to take a slightly different angle on the on the news story this time around and have either of you succumbed to the temptation and read deep breath or any of the other scripts that have leaked online I, I must say I have succumbed. I have read two words. One of them is breath, and one of them is deep. But that's but that that's as far as I've got. I, I I will put my hand up and say yes, I did download them merely because I am interested in having a read of them after the episode screens because uh-huh. I think these might be scripts that might have more stuff in them perhaps, and it will be interesting to go back and have a bit of a read once we've actually seen the real episodes on beautiful BBC TV and see what was taken out or added or modified. I, I think that would be an interesting exercise. Okay, that's, that, that's, that's interesting. I mean, okay, um, I wanted just to... It, it's a bit like a challenge. It's like, oh, do they exist? Let me go and see if I can find them. So, and that's the thing. They, 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 they were very, very easy to find. The reality of this is that, number one, you, information is not the same as understanding. That's the most important thing. Information is not the same as understanding. And what is in a script is a lot of information, but the understanding comes with seeing that actually realised. Um, if you're not sure about what I mean, you, having seen um, Rose, for instance, if you go out and you get the shooting scripts, which and I tried this a, a, a couple of days ago, actually, knowing what Rose looks like, I, I read the shooting scripts, and, and th- that's, it's not the same thing. They are the same, yes, the script generates the, um, the visuals, but there's so much missing. So, so yes, I, I have them. Um, I've deleted them now because I'm a, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I, don't, I, I want to have something to look forward to. I really feel sorry <laughs> for those people who have read the whole thing. 
because there's nothing to look forward to. What are you going to look forward to now? I, I don't feel sorry for them. I think it's a choice. And, and like you say, it's not the same. Reading the no. script is not going to be the same as watching it on television because one of them is reading, the other one is watching. <laughs> course, so I, I, I don't feel sorry for them. I just think, well, if, if, that's, if that's their choice, then that's fine. What I, what I would ask and what everyone else has asked is to keep any information gleaned from doing so to yourself <laughs> i don't yeah. want to know what's going to happen in these things um and the only thing i've seen is the front cover courtesy of you thank you tom but i did ask so. <laughs> um but I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see what a script looks like I, i've never seen a bbc script before and just to see the kind of font used and the, the format and stuff i find that quite fascinating it's just a let me get this right you want to look at a leaked doctor episode script not for the episode content, but to see what font Stephen Moffat used. <laughs> cool. so I, just wanted to clear that up before we continue. I think it was my way of being able to look at something I wouldn't have seen, but not feel completely bad about myself for doing so. And uh, yeah, I, I have absolutely no intention of reading the scripts or indeed watching these... Um, incomplete episodes there were six episodes that also leaked uh, at the same time they were placed on this server um, but apparently they were black and white and unfinished and for some reason the bbc seemed to think that this is actually a reason for doctor who fans not to want to watch an episode of doctor who we love <laughs> so I, I think that's quite ironic but um, no i have no desire uh, to find out what these what these episodes are until i'm able to see in its full glory and hopefully that will be at the BFI if I'm fortunate with tickets on the 7th of August because they've nice. announced a nice. premiere uh, a screening this 80 minutes I think it is 80 minutes screening of, mm. of Deep Breath and I think it's going to be one of the very first things in the world tour the Doctor Who world tour so it's likely Moffat, Capaldi and Coleman will be there as well so presumably they're doing this for all the other parts of the world tour as well because they're coming over to Sydney mm. and what they're doing was it Hong Kong and South America and yeah. stuff like that so 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 presumably they'll all get Deep Breath before us can, can you just can you just let me know what other what other shows go on world tours for their premiere <laughs> none and I, I think <laughs> I think personally it's a little bit crackers. I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased that they are, they've generated this massive publicity machine. But essentially, I mean, Trevor and I, we had this conversation a little while ago, didn't we? I mean, mm, what, mm, what would you mm. rather have? I mean, I, I've absolutely no idea how much this kind of marketing exploit will cost. But if it's the same as another episode of Doctor Who, I know which I would prefer, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I we um, said in that previous conversation... It's a great idea they're going to countries that maybe don't mm. have the Doctor Who saturation there, like Hong Kong. Like, I mean, I assume Doctor Who isn't big in South America either. They're great ideas, but just to go on a junket to, what, New York and Sydney and in, in countries that already have saturation Doctor Who, and you've pretty much reached anyone that's ever going to watch it in these countries, um, it, it does seem a bit self-indulgent. Is, is that true, though? Is, 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 there not, is there not an expanding market for Doctor Who and, and, and the sort of... No, um... no, no, no. The, I mean, the new series has done a really, really um, good thing by opening up Doctor Who back as, like, a general population thing. So certainly here in Australia, mm. people will talk about it. I mean, I use... Again, I use the barometer of my parents mm. to um, judge Doctor Who popularity. If, if they're talking about it mm. without me asking them and boring them to death about it, mm. then it's reached... A, a saturation point because if it gets to my parents then it's done a really good job mm. yeah but it, i mean there's i don't think there's much point pushing doctor who anymore over here i don't think but i wonder if doctor who then becomes like a well it is a, like a cartoon science fantasy series perhaps the idea is to try and shift it along the line to, towards buffy 
maybe, maybe I'm phrasing this completely wrong because I'm not in America and I don't know. <clears throat> I, I don't know quite how how well um, it's positioned with in relation to things like Buffy and Star Trek and the rest of it. I know it's in the same bag, but I don't know what kind of cultural cachet it has. But my, you know, my, my view on this is that people spend people like the BBC only spend money if they real, think there's a realistic. Um, chance of getting a return on it. Um, although there is te- there, there is the temptation to say, oh wow, the producer takes Doctor Who ac- across to America, to America, which is about, as it's about to wear. That sounds a bit like John Nathan Turner doing all sorts of wonderful stuff. And that's what that's mm. exactly the comparison that my brain drew when I heard this story, Tom. Oh, okay, exactly, oh, but, JNT, you know. <laughs> but, but but then again, but, but then again, that's not necessarily a bad thing no, because no, no. The, the the American fans talk about that. In you know, it, it, how can I put it? Um, as <clears throat> The line seems to be that they were uh, watching this program on PBS. I don't know why I have to make this up. There's Doctor Who podcast uh, presenters that can explain all this. Um, <laughs> I, 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 see, I, I'd be interested in knowing the cultural impact of doc, of uh, the producer and the principal actors arriving in the US. I mean, I've read about it several times, but it'd be nice to hear about it firsthand. I, I, I think it is a very American thing, Tom, from what I understand from Stephen and Michelle. I mean, if, if you get some kind of you know, popular show that is big enough to have a spot at Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, for example, and it's it's very very well known throughout America. Then that that kind of following it gets is akin to a rock band of some kind. My understanding mm. is that Doctor Who is a little bit like that new group that's slightly quirky, that are building their fan base, but are never really going to compete with like the main rock stars, so like the Buffies or or Firefly even. You know, the, the following is is simply not as great in America. I think we've already seen that impact, really, Tom. I mean, you remember Amy and Rory's last season? It was a massive mm. push into the American market there. You know, they film stuff, <coughs> they actually film stuff on location there rather than just faking it like they did for Daleks in Manhattan. Yeah. And, and you know, they actually did stuff there w- w- with the principal cast. And, that you know, they that's when, for me, it really opened up to the American market. So, mm. you know, presumably this is then just to keep pushing it, you know, to get the idea of a new doctor into their head and, you know, say, you know, keep watching Matt, Matt Smith isn't there anymore. Please watch Mr Capaldi. Please, please, please. Yeah, it, it's possible. I mean, I have to admit, I have absolutely no understanding of, of the BBC's marketing strategy for, for Doctor Who. If you look at it over a period of years, and I know that it's a very fast-moving industry, people leave no sooner than they've arrived, so maybe it's not actually joined up because of that, <laughs> who, who knows. But if, if you look at the push they made for Series 6, you know, this was Matt Smith on the side of buses in New York, big posters in Times Square. The very next announcement, oh, we're, we're cutting the number of episodes we're going to be uh, making. So that didn't seem to make a great deal of sense. Then they had a big gap, so any kind of new fandom that they'd you know successfully worked a friend worked up into a frenzy through screenings in New York and so on, had to wait either that they had to you know be really patient before they got anything else brand new, and then you have two episodes of Doctor Who being made in two thousand and thirteen, and there is a whopping great presence at San Diego Comic Con. 13 episodes potentially this year or 12 I, I guess if you consider Deep Breath as two and there is none there is no representation at the largest sci-fi convention in the world and instead we get this basically BBC in-house junket going across various different countries and uh, right. I, I, I don't know I, I, I don't understand it I'll say that much. So okay, I know that there are people in the Doctor Who universe, in, in the in the Doctor Who fandom universe, I should say, who can answer this question. But let, let me ask you a question: 
what has been quite apart from the announcements that have taken place about uh, tra- about trailers? What's been the big announcement or the big horrid, horrible? We talked about it. What's been the, the horror story this last two weeks? Leaks, right? Um, but one of the things that you both know, because Trev, you work for you've worked for a large organisation out in Oz. James, you work for a huge organisation uh, in London, and I've worked for um, an international maker of, of software for some years now. That these organisations, from one side, seem to be monolithic. They seem to be. It seems to be very much that. Oh yes, well, you work for um, Giant Com, uh, Giant Core. Therefore, you must know exactly what the right, the left hand must know exactly what the right hand is doing. And it's such a lie. That's yeah, true. Um, the, large, the larger the organisation, the less cohesion that there seems to be between any any of the operative parts of it. Um, don't get me wrong; mm. they're, they're, mm. it's possible mm. it's possible for things to become synchronised, but there's a tendency to forget that an organisation of the size of the BBC um, and the size of the organisations that we've all worked for does not necessarily speak to itself internally in the way that perhaps um, the those who do not work for the organisation would like to believe it does. And, you know, we'll twice we can use a different example: government, for instance. Um, you see. UK government or you see the government of Australia but we know that there are there's disconnect and there is discord all the way along the other side of the wall um the BBC is no different. I suspect that somebody knows that Comic-Con is the best place to launch Doctor Who. Comic-Con is the best place to have the presence for Doctor Who. But someone else has said, yes, but it, they will charge us this. They will charge us that. We have to move all those people. They will charge <laughs> us this for that. There will be this cost levied for that. It will cost this in logistics. Why don't we just use our own resources and do it ourselves? So, okay. And, and, and that gets greenlit before anybody else can say, no, that's a really bad idea. So, Tom, just, just, just in case the podcast is overrunning, I'll just add a little summary bit in here. Mm. What you're trying to say is the right hand doesn't know what the left hand Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Good. Cool. 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 <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> right. As you know, we've been asking listeners to send in questions either about Doctor Who or indeed about the Doctor Who podcast, and you've been responding in your droves. I then generally fire these questions at whoever I am happen to be recording with at the time, and they have absolutely no prior warning. So, gentlemen, you need to pick up on an issue that Leeson dealt with ineffectively, in the opinion of one of our <laughs> listeners last week. Uh, this is from Sue in Virginia. Hello. You can tell the tone is not good already. I wrote a while back asking the podcast to explain the TV movie's introduction to the idea of the Doctor being half-human. Leeson graciously answered my question with a firm no, which is true. We then had a sting and moved on. Okay, point taken. (laughs) This is not something fans accept or want to discuss. My question is therefore to Trevor, not Leeson. I know Trevor likes this movie. I've heard Trevor praise this movie. How can someone so particular with canon and so easily enraged by the modern series attempt to reinterpret classic ideas like this movie? I mean, it wasn't just a passing by remark. It was an essential part of the plot. Trevor, can you answer Sue's question in a more satisfactory manner than Leeson? No. Sorry, Sue. Yes, I, I will attempt to give that a slight answer. Um, I might disagree with some of the canon aspects of the telly movie, but that doesn't mean I don't really enjoy it a lot. In, in answer to your question, I'm of the opinion that the McGann Doctor is half-human, but no other Doctor is. That's the only way I, I can reconcile his comments in this. And, and I only go by that because 
when the telly movie came out, it was one of the biggest talking points. Half human, oh my goodness, where did that come from? The, these Americans are ruining our show. You know, they've made up all this nonsense. What, <laughs> what was Seagal thinking? It was a big talking point for a while. And, and you have to accept it because it's there. It's canon because the doctors said it. What you then have to decide is how to interpret that canon or, or, or how to use the evidence presented to you to justify that canon. So the only way I can do it, and it's not a perfect solution, is to say that the McGann Doctor is half human, but the rest aren't. So there you go. Well, there's another. There's an easy way of doing it. What's that? He's li- he was lying. It's, Just it, say no. Yeah, no, he was. He was joking, and he was lying. There's um, it, you, you could argue that um, the Master, because he's a very interesting interpretation of the Master, uh, was mistaken, and the Doctor was laughing. Was was lying. It's a joke. You know, he's, he's been known to tell the odd joke. Wasn't it the TARDIS? <laughs> Because I think at the time the Master was in the TARDIS and he found out the Doctor was half human from the TARDIS. Um, but I, I would still take that explanation, Tom, and, and just tweak it and say the TARDIS was lying. Yeah, and, and, what's and me? say it isn't actually true. For me, yeah. I mean, I find it hard to really care because it's never really referred to again unless you in, unless you take Claire Bloom's inclusion in The End of Time as some attempt to pick up on that plot thread. But um, I, I don't really mind. He's clearly got an affinity with Earth. It actually makes a lot of sense. And I think people who people who were putting the show together thought, well, let's explain why he always goes to Earth. Because he's he's got some kind of history there. What if Andred is his mum and Leela is his... Sorry, what, what if Andred is his dad and Leela is his mum? Because she was human. Well, in, in oh, that case, dear. Tom, you are either psychic or you must have read one of our other pieces of feedback that we've received from someone oh. who hasn't actually given... Leela is not human. Excuse oh, no. me. Leela yes, is not is, human. she is, absolutely. She's a she, colonist. She, yeah. She's a, she is a humanoid. She's human. She's human. She is she's a, from Earth. Yep. She is a distant relative of the original human colonist. Yep. Does that still make her human? Yeah, I think it? so. Okay, so Trevor, let's look at this. You're a decent, you're a distant relative of your ancestors. Does that still make you human? I know Australian. Never mind, you're Australian. <laughs> I'm still on the same planet, though. She's on a well, different no, planet. No, no, Trevor. No, you're not. Of, um, <laughs> generations. <laughs> anyway, let me read this piece of feedback, right? Because it just picks up perfectly. Um, this, this feedback says, at the moment, I'm only up to the fourth Doctor and Romana. Cool. Stop there. Stop there. Okay, that's it. No more. The Leela season left me wishing he was half human on his mother's side. If so, that only Leela could turn out to be his mum. After all, she did end up and there is no reason their timelines need to coincide with our own. Please discuss amongst yourself a nice little smiley face. Well, okay. No. We've just we've no we, no no we've, Tom. We've, no, we've Tom. just do not even entertain the idea that Leela is the Doctor's mum. Grandmother, no. possibly. No, we, we've just we've just uh, we just. What do you mean, a mother? How many mothers can a guy have? Grandmother. Oh, grandmother. All yeah. oh, right. Welcome to the Doctor Who podcast, where the serious issues of the day are discussed in <laughs> academic terms. <laughs> <laughs> you see, all of this considered debate that you get when the three of us are not here is is, is wonderful and it has its place. But uh, this is this is fun. <laughs> okay. Well, the only way we can reconcile the Doctor being half human on his mother's side is to perhaps suggest that, with the lightest of touches, that he might be Leela's son. But then, and, and I base this purely on the fact that uh, Louise Jameson has the same. Uh, gender as Claire Bloom, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> wouldn't the Doctor know? Wouldn't the full? Wouldn't the fourth Doctor know when he met Leela 
would he not say oh you know this this person from this savage colony looks remarkably similar to the little photograph we had on a mantelpiece with mum <laughs> written on it back at home river song spoilers mate oh who knows so who's the doctor's dad who's the doctor's granddad Andrew Leela is the mum or Andrew isn't a time lord so where does the, where does the doctor get his time lord attributes from? Well, time lord a rank, not a race. So he might he might have just joined the academy. And oh, oh wow! Oh, well, Andred is not a time lord. Yes. He is a Gallifrey. Yeah, that's what I just said to you. Time, so, time lord is a rank, not a race. He could be the doctor. Yeah, I know. So the doctor could be the first one. The, doc- the doctor could be the first one to become a ta- to be a time lord. He failed. If, if how how the same way as all the other time lords, they look into the untempered schism, and if they survive, then they get to be time lords. But. No, yes, no. that's how it works. No. There, there was a couple of scenes where the master talked about going insane because he was being made a Time Lord. That's how it happens, you see. A time Lord is not a race, it's a rank. That's why there are Gallifreyans and Time Lords. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know the scene you're talking about in uh, Sound of Drums, but uh, I'm not sure if that was meant to be a catch-all definitive explanation as, as to how it's not. you become a Time it's Lord. Not. I mean, I, I like the whole thing with Omega, you know, is it Omega and Rassilon, you know, yep. creating time travel through experiments with um, black black holes and so on, which we could all be linked to the same thing. I know you can make anything make sense at all, but mm. I, I would be sceptical of anything that purports to be a definitive explanation as to why Gallifrey is the way it is and why Time Lords are the way it is, because in a couple of years' time, it'll just be contradicted anyway. Mm, I'm not relying on John Sims for, for my explanation <laughs> of what a Time Lord is. Thank you very much. Anyway, leading on from that, it seems like a lovely point to talk about a fourth Doctor and a Leela story. I don't think there's any hint in this particular story that the two are related whatsoever. So we introduce you to the same part of the podcast, Ian and Michelle reviewing White Ghosts. Big finish with Ian and Michelle from across the Atlantic Ocean. Ian from the UK and Michelle from the United States. Reviewing Big Finish Sorting out the wheat from the chaff for nonsense Saving you money on the ones that are not so good In White Ghost, the Doctor and Leela find themselves pulled out of the vortex by the Time Lords once again Oh, there is only dark Is the scanner broken? Of course not Ah, uh, coordinates Those are not coordinates, those are only zeros No There's a one here, 50-odd lines down, and look, there's a three. Leela, do you know what that means? I am not a mathematician. Exactly. It means that outside there is only dark. That is what I said. Not just ordinary dark. Leela, we are at the edge of the edge of the universe. We are? Oh, give or take a one and a three. One of my favorite things about this story is actually this place where they find themselves on the edge of the edge of the universe, as they they say. This story presents a world that I find really engaging and fascinating. It's it's this planet or planetoid that, that is almost in complete darkness. And when the tiniest little bit of light reaches it, there, there are these wonderful plants that they, they kind of term white ghosts that have this super accelerated life cycle that, uh, that grow over the course of minutes and hours into something that can be quite lethal to, to the people that are on the planet. Nothing. There. A ripple in the air. Leela, that's not a ripple. No, and it is not a trick of the dark, either. You know what they are, Leela? Whatever they are, they are growing in our footsteps, see? Growing, yes, Leela. These are plants forcing their way out of the soil. Plants are green, not white. Always, not always. Yes, 
That's a shoot. I particularly enjoyed the first half of this, and uh, these are these are two episode stories here in the, in the fourth Doctor range. But just discovering and exploring this world with Leela and the Doctor and the jeopardy they find themselves in, I, I really enjoyed. They very rapidly find themselves in danger when these plants sprout. They all run back to the research base, and then they're trapped in there while all the bad things are happening outside. Uh, so very much a classic Doctor Who theme, but a good fun one. There's a reason why Doctor Who keeps coming back to it. it it's a good way to write a story, and this is a good example of it. Uh, the creatures and the monsters and the threat is just a, that little bit different, a little bit more quirky and interesting, and the, the, the dynamics of the characters they find themselves in the base with are, again, a little bit more interesting than, than the usual run-of-the-mill characters you find in these situations. Everyone plays it very, very well, and... Uh, even though it's quite a short story, so it doesn't have a huge amount of time to fill, they manage to keep resetting the threat. The thing that annoys me with some stories is that they put one threat up and then take an incredibly long time to resolve it and then do the same again. In here, they, they move along quite swiftly from one plot point to the next, and there's always a good hook to, to pull you down the plot line and, and, and keep things interesting. You're right, the beats seem to fall very appropriately. Also, some, some nice touches like um, at the very beginning, Leela is trying to teach herself to read by reading uh, fairy tales, which, of course, she's not particularly aware are all fictional. And as the story goes along, she's drawing on the knowledge she's gained from these fairy tales. And indeed, it even even, even comes into play in, in the way the story resolves. Boy, speaking of Leela, they did something in this story I've never heard before where for a short passage, we hear Leela's thoughts. It's almost like a soliloquy. The girl screams, distract me again. I reach out trying to stop the tentacles wound around my limbs from dragging me out to the surface. It seems hopeless. But then, my fingers snag on a cluster of tendrils. Wait. I have hold of something. No, not tendrils. Wires! Electric wires! I thought it was fascinating. I thought, overall, this is a very strong story for Leela and Louise Jameson. She still has that sort of um, subservient role to the Doctor of looking up to him as being the man of knowledge, but without any of the sort of um, passive piece that sometimes crept in in the TV series. Mm -hmm. She is a very intelligent, driven and capable character within this who, who does a lot of independent action and acts like the sort of warrior that she's supposed to be. And yes, there's, there's that mm -hmm. extended sequence where we go inside Leela's head and actually the rest of the world slows down uh, as, she, as she fights this monster. And, and it was a fascinating and very intriguing way of doing a fight scene, basically. And again, gave a lot more depth to the character of Leela. Overall, great story for Leela. Yeah, agreed. Um, also, it really did have kind of the feel of the Fourth Doctor era, the... At its core, it's kind of a, a morality play, in, in this case, examining the uh, the dangers of dealing with genetic manipulation. It felt very kind of of its time in that sense, but not in an unpleasant way. Yeah, a good, strong story and recommended. Right, we should get to the main meat of this. Let's talk trailer. I don't think I know who the Doctor is anymore. Life prevails. I'm the Doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. I've made many mistakes. 
it's about time that I did something about that. Where are we going? Into darkness. Here we go again. Clara, tell me. Am I a good man? I... don't know. Doctor Who. Saturday, 23rd of August on BBC One. So, James. Yes. Have you seen it? Yes. What did you think? It was cool. What, okay, that's brilliant. Thank you for that, <laughs> no that insight. Trevor, have you seen it? <laughs> I have. What did you think? First time round, I was a bit unimpressed, but I watched it the second time round and went, hey, this looks, as, as James has said, cool. cool. Mainly because it seems like we're getting a season with lots of new monsters, apart from the Daleks by the sound of it. Mm-hmm. And the Cybermen. Um, and the Cybermen. And maybe the Cybermen. Yep that sort of medieval-looking Cyberman that's in one shot. But there seems to be a lot of other new baddies in this season, and that excites me, because mm. I love it when Doctor Who doesn't rely on stuff that's churned out every year for the past ten years. And, you know, introducing new mythos to the series and, and new villains and new monsters, and there does seem to be some interesting ones in there. Yeah. But then again, you know, every season of Doctor Who does have new monsters in it. It's it's not just a procession of returning monsters at a season 22, I think it was. But I I, I just think they included lots of new examples of uh, of new monsters. So that that's exciting. The thing for me that looked intriguing is the characterization of the Doctor because that still looks very dark and mysterious. Now you always get people say before a new doctor makes his debut this is going to be different this is going to be darker this is going to be you know not as comedic or before we're going to have serious storylines and and it never really pans out there's always you know silly moments in them and so on and i'm sure that will be the case there'll be lighter moments but there isn't a single moment that capaldi is on screen during this trailer where he's smiling i don't think he looks like a a, no. a man with a, a serious weight on his mind. That's what I would say. And I, it's the first thing that's made me remotely enthusiastic. I've been very, very indifferent about this new season coming up. I haven't really been able to get excited. But this trailer actually made me start thinking, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing this. How about you, Tom? No. Well, oh, sorry, Trevor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up, Trevor. <laughs> Trev, go for it. You've got something to say, mate. I was going to probably disagree with you a little bit there, James. Um... Capaldi is probably the only thing about this trailer that doesn't excite me, merely for the reasons that you specify. I want Doctor Who to get back to weekly adventures with fighting monsters and baddies and saving the universe. I don't want the Doctor sitting on the steps of his TARDIS looking mournfully at his companion going, am I a good man? (laughs) Am I really not? I mean, I don't want to go down this road again. Let's start afresh. I mean, great uh, props and kudos to Luke last week who said, um, when the doctor asked that question, am I a good man? The the obvious answer is, well, yes, yes you are, mate, because you save the universe multiple times a day. Um, but it looks like we're going down this reflection-type route of, oh, my goodness, I'm such a bad man because I killed these nasty people. And and no, I, I don't want that. You know, the, the, the doctor is a good man. He fights evil. He stops bad things happening. And... The series' constant reinvention of the Doctor's character into this man who does evil things um, just doesn't sit with me at all. Well, River, River has... I think, I think it's River that made the observation that someday a blue, a blue box will fall out of the sky and a man, a man will tumble out and tear your world apart. 
because he can. Um, there's there's two ways of looking at it. Yes, from our point of view, the Doctor's the hero, but there's there's an awful lot of spillage and carnage. Um, I watched the Seeds of Doom the other day. Nobody gets out of that alive. That's a, Nobody. Not not a good story in my. But view. the Doctor saves the Earth. I mean, we'd have At what new cost? series review. I mean, if if that story was made now, it'd be oh, the Doctor shouldn't kill the plant people because they're just trying to survive. And am I a good man? But Terror of the, know, the old series just got on with it. <laughs> The old series just got on with it. Do you know what you said? Right, let's kill. You're absolutely let's kill right. this nasty pod creature that that's trying to destroy Earth. The old way is not the, the old way is not necessarily always the ba- the best way. But the trailer was really good. Yeah, no, um, I, I think the trailer is exciting. I mean, I, I think it's the it's it's the first thing we've been given that's more than what fifteen seconds long uh, at all. It, it premiered at half time in in the World Cup final last week which um, incidentally was the most boring football match ever. So it probably kind of heightened my enjoyment of the Doctor Who trailer because the game felt like... Well, football oh, and boring kind of goes hand in hand as far as Yeah, I'm well, that, that's because you have no soul. That's why. And you need to be able to see the beauty of the game, which you wouldn't have been able to had uh. you watched this final because it, was, it, it just felt longer than the extended version of Return of the King. It was really dull. Very, very <laughs> dull. But this, this trailer was, was superb. There was a lot of hype, lots of social media anticipation, you know, the BBC were building it up quite a lot, and I, I, I thought it was intriguing. I have to say, I, I do have a bit of difficulty reconciling Capaldi with Matt Smith as, as the same character at present. But I'm actually really pleased about Good. that. Yeah, absolutely, yes. and that's the point I'm making. I'm actually really pleased. This, this is a real opportunity to take the show in a totally new direction, whilst still at its core remaining the same. Obviously, it's not going to change unrecognisably but certainly the stories can now change in the way that they're being told and we don't have to have stories about the doctor it can be about the universe and his impact on it so we'll have to wait and see if there is going to be a shift away from all of this you know who is the doctor what's what what's the importance of his name to well, what does he actually do? I th- I think you're right, but I think that's what I I get, I get the impression that that's what's going to happen. One of the things that's that's cl- that uh, I pick up from the trailer is that there's lots of things which are familiar, but there's lots of things which are new and different and slightly disconcerting. For instance, the shot of the dinosaur in front of the Houses of Parliament immediately calls to mind um, your favourite story, James, or one of your stories, Invasion of the Dinosaurs. But also, um, Madame Vastra's comment, oh, here we go again, um, has that Pertwee, that, that Pertwee Baker vibe going for it too. Um, we should also consider that there, there are two things about the Doctor that we, we sort of know. Number one, he's a Time Lord, so he's very concerned about the, the, tie, the ties that bind and all that stuff. But the only other Time Lord that I know of, and someone will correct me, I'm sure, who has is had more than their fair share of recy- uh, regenerations, is the Master. And look what good it did him. Aside from that, the Doctor himself, in, even in this, in this trailer, says, you know, I've, I've lived for 2,000 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. Not, I've been travelling 2,000 years. I've been alive. That's a hell of a long He's time. He's finally caught up with Rory. <coughs> oh, exactly. Um, <laughs> but there's that. There's this idea that he says, "Well, I've made in that time. In that time, I've made a lot of mistakes. So I've got to do something about it." And that's that's a bit of a worry for me. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. Because that that because that would be so. Well, that 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 con- contradicts the other first Doctor, doesn't it? That we can't change the line of this. We, you know, we, we we can't change anything. It's like, well, what are you going to be doing, Peter? Exactly. And haven't we been there before anyway? In what way? You know, yeah, it, it's a case yeah. of um, him, him looking at things. What can I do? What can I not do? You know, it, it's it, we've been there so many times. I mean, the first time, as you said, was in the Aztecs, and you know, it, it, every time, every time they revisit this, it's it's totally 
out of context, I think, of because wherever they go, they're going to be changing something, and that's going to be part of somebody's history. The other, th- the only other thing I would say to support that what we might see here is something that really goes against the grain is that the, in the couple of shots in the first fifteen seconds trailer and then in this last minute trailer, the TARDIS is is, is on fire, and he's in. And he's in costume. Now, this, it might just be that these are specific shots in the same way as the Eccleston running down the tunnel with a fireball was just something for um, the uh, for, for the trailers. But that's a kind of an expensive set. And I, I know she judged very good, so maybe nothing actually happens to it. Well, you never know. But um, I wonder, I mean, Doctor Who was filming in London yesterday. Uh, I won't mention the location because I guess that could be called a, a spoiler. But there was a photograph posted online, and this isn't a spoiler, listeners, yeah, of, uh, of Capaldi outside a red telephone box. So perhaps that's because the police box has caught fire and changed the exterior. <laughs> Quite so, but one thing I do one, th- one thing I do like about him is um, is his uh, so so far there's a, there's an air of menace to what he's saying. It's all it's it's all very, it's all very whispered. I've I've got all this stuff to tell you. I'm kind of guilty about the stuff that's gone on. Am I am I a good man? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's a bit like a Glasgow drunk. To... Oh Tom, oh Tom, oh, I'm just swooning. You've done something to Trevor. Oh, Tom. Are you Russian? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm about to fall off my chair. Oh, Go on, carry on, Tom. 60 quid webcam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give, give, give me a debit card number now. We can keep, can keep it going for weeks. Um, I'll tell you something. Oh. That I, I do hope that if that is going to be the approach that Capaldi takes to the part, that they really have a serious sit down and think about the music they're going to play over the top. Because I'm, oh I mean, my hearing as well, I'm over 40 now you know it's it's not Ooh. good i'm not going to be out of here a word i mean nine times out of ten these days i have to get the episode on the ipad and put headphones on for me to be able to hear what's actually being said in some of the older episodes well i, I think one of the things i will say is that I, there's a great potential to read to redo the relationship i mean at the, there was that moment where it seemed that um uh the last two doctors had girlfriends and they were just knocking around this in a time machine mm, there's there's mm. potential now i mean physically there's a nice there seems to be a nice resonance of um william hartnell and carol ann ford in in the physical aspect of um peter capaldi and jenna louise coleman so hopefully there's it's, hopefully we'll get more of that um time traveling adventurers um and there, there seems to be a bit more of that grandfather granddaughter thing going on there just in the look just in the way that they look um so i i, I could i could do with just this whole i'm your i'm your unspoken boyfriend thing going out the window that would be nice um oh here here bravo and, uh, bravo and I, well, well said oh thank you very much I yeah, but, but i think capaldi <laughs> but I, I do get the feeling that capaldi's going to be a little bit more difficult um, but then again, he's the, lead, the thing is, he's a lead character in a, in, a, in a family TV show. There's only so difficult he can be without alienating the audience. And I know he's an alien, um, but not but the audience may not get a hold of that. He's Doctor. He before he's an alien, he's Doctor Who. Well, I, I have complete confidence in Capaldi's acting ability to behave a little bit darker, a bit more Machiavellian, a bit more sinister, perhaps, and still take the audience with him. No, I mean, I, I'm I totally agree, Tom. I I want them to get the Capaldi navel gazing done early in the season <laughs> figure out he's a good guy get on with it clara's story i mean I, I i mean for me clara's story is over in terms of her arc we don't need to restart anything there we don't need to give clara more mystery we just need her to become you know dare i say it shock horror a companion a bit more interesting again a bit more interesting mm. as well i mean that that that's why i enjoyed this trailer but i didn't love it I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the new monsters, but what I'm not looking forward to is I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean, 
let, let, let's just make it really raw and make it easy for the feedback when people want to complain about me. I don't want main character development. I don't want it. I really, really don't. I want, I want adventures. I don't want um, uh, purposeful, deliberate character development. Let it evolve naturally like it did in the old series. And, and, and fans worked it out for themselves. We didn't need a production team telling us, oh, this doctor's dark and he's so mysterious. Is he a good man? Let the fans worry about it and write books for the next 20 okay, years. Okay, Trevor, just, let's just, just, tell, just, just, let's just tell some just stories. Just mention your email address. <laughs> no, we, 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 I don't want... <laughs> please don't send emails into feedback at the Doctor Who podcast. Listeners. Please don't. Send them directly to Trevor. Um, <laughs> because... no, but in, fa- in fairness, though, I think, Trevor, you've got a point, but... Um, that, that's no, not, no, that's... no, 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 he hasn't. Not really. Well, yeah, yes. I no, do, you thank you. you, don't. you got the same I don't agree. Look, you cannot have a sci-fi on television these days without a degree of character drama. It does not happen. Rubbish. You'll ter- well, Rubbish. show me one other st- franchise or program that does that. Modern. Modern, yes. Not Buck Rogers or something. Tell me one other franchise that needs to do it, that just can't tell fantastic science fiction, fantasy otherworldly stories and entertain an audience for 12 episodes. without character development without character drama have we not had the, have we not have we not had a conversation about the impact of reality tv on television drama yeah nothing has changed in the realm of good storytelling since television was invented in what 1855 or whatever it was um nothing has changed <laughs> nothing has changed <laughs> you, no, 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 no nothing has changed what what has changed is I don't know the audience's belief that they need all this extra stuff, that they need to be constantly stimulated all the time. They need to be, they 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 need to be constantly affronted and 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 brutalized with all this stuff that goes on. That they 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 need their perception of the world constantly flipped. They don't. People need to be entertained. I think I, I, okay. The the bit the, the bit. Well, as I said, you've got a point. The bit I don't agree with is my, is 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 this the second part of it. Um, you're right. A good story is a good story, but the 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 methods of storytelling change. For instance, and I'll do this very quickly. Um, when I think about people people who are regarded now as being the great authors, people like Charles Dickens, um, one of the things we notice about the, some of those books is that they're very very long, and they're very very long because they're they're published in weekly uh, in weekly installments. So they just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, it sprawls. Um, it's some hundred years later. We're used to sitting down and reading a single book in if not in one go in a shorter period of time than they were originally published. Doctor Who is it's kind of subject to the same thing. Once upon a time, we could sit down and we'd put up with twelve weeks of the Dalek, of the Daleks master plan. Um, but this time, these days, we we get more information in a small space of time. The impact of reality TV on t- on television drama, and I'm sure that media and film students will write in and tell me I'm completely wrong. But um, when we think about reality TV, re- about reality TV, we don't watch that in the same way as we watch drama. We're looking for different cues. We're watching um, individual reactions in a slightly different way. And the impact of that is that we have more concern with characters in a smaller space of time. We need to get more information to more people more quickly because people are looking in different spaces. What do you mean for need? Um, we- Why are you defending this 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 shorthand way of telling drama? Because it works. The, it works. It's very successful. No, no. So did the old version. It worked at the t- it worked at the time, and it worked very well. And I was there. Well, I was, sorry, I was there I was at the time. There. Well, well, you know, I, and, and, I, and I appreciated it. It, it still works. Listen, it, it, it's no, still it's, it's still... too slow. It's too slow. It's too slow for mainstream. Oh, movies, for goodness! I, I, I think he's completely wrong. Completely wrong to say 
that old Doctor Who was devoid of character development, right? That is he's Correct. not. No, we agree true, about that. We agree. Right? We agree that about you, that. You had development. What you've got now is an extension and a, a modern take on that, right? And that you need two elements here. Yeah, you can have a good story, but nine times out of ten. A good story is a brilliant story if you care about the characters and you can actually see what makes them human. Now, there are times in the old series... Well, that what makes you care about them, part. definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I've just finished reading... Um, what's it called? An Adventures with a Wife in Space, Neil Perriman's book, where he subjected his wife to watching every classic um, episode of, of, of Doctor Who. And nobody cared about... Well, Neil, Neil did, but they didn't care about Adric... Sue didn't care about... Adric's demise because there was no investment there was, that that's an example where character development simply didn't happen or if it did it didn't happen in the right way you can't really say that that much these days about Doctor Who there are times when they get it wrong there are times when those annoying kids for example in Nightmare in Silver you're supposed to care about those they're actually meant to give you a little bit of a an entry point into the episode and it fails on so many levels because it isn't done correctly but I, I think these days we are absolutely stuck with character development and character drama within Doctor Who. And to think that it's actually going to go back, it, it, it's just a mistake. It's never going to happen. The, the series will stop. I totally agree. It does it. I, I totally agree, James. We, we are stuck with it because our production teams now are a lot more cluey and a lot more intelligent in terms of setting up that sort of stuff. But I always go back to the 70s when we had the Mike Yates saga. I mean, people talk about this massive plot arc that Mike Yates had during the Pertwee era. But when you really look at it, it's two, perhaps three, isolated stories that I'm sure at the time Barry Letts and Terence Dix just went, oh, that's that, that that's a good idea. You know, they didn't plan this great Mike Yates saga. It, it just happened. But if that was to happen now, Mike Yates' saga would be spread across one, possibly two seasons of stories and we would get development. We, we would be spoon-fed it. That's what I was trying to say before, that let this arc, let the mythos, let the canon develop naturally. Just tell decent stories. Just let's have adventures and let the fans debate it for the next 20 years because that's what we've always done. That's what we need to get back to. Are you saying don't, don't overthink it? Be... Don't what... Exactly. Thank you for putting that point in just in case this podcast is running too long. Don't <laughs> overthink it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> we, we, we are spoon-fed so much TV these days. We are not... I mean, despite what you will say, we are not asked to think for ourselves. Oh, it's just, we really it's just are cobblers. not. You look at look at season six. Every, I mean, I, I remember having discussions with you saying the fans are not going to get this. This, it, we, you know, this is so complicated. And then, and I was actually saying it's it, it's okay. I I think it is a hybrid now. Doctor Who is a gestal entity between character drama and space time travel stories. Simple as that. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. It is never going to be about a situation that characters are not explained, their backstory is not given at least a little bit, or we're asked to invest in them emotionally to a certain extent. That just is not going to happen anymore. And I, I don't know a single modern programme, not even a soap opera, particularly not a soap opera, that just tells a story without asking for some investment. I can't. I, I don't think going back to just, I don't know, telling stories about a TARDIS going from point A to point B 
solving problems is is just going to help. I think the closest we come to that was season two with David Tennant, and everybody said they were smug. Trevor, what I was trying to describe was, uh, I think you're, at base level, I think you're right. There is there is maybe a bit too much of a focus on the um, the soap opera part of yeah, things, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, as James very often uh, and correctly, I think points out. Um, this Doctor Who is being made in an age where it's designed for rewatching, um, and, I, and similarly, the, I, again, I look at Seeds of Doom. There's some there's some very cartoon characters in there, but I thought um, I thought Scorby went through a bit of character development. He did, you know, the, he did you know, absolutely, he did, yes, particularly I mean, he, towards he, the end. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah <laughs> quite so. Um, but, he did, but we've had forty years to work it out. It wasn't deliberate at the time. If they made Seeds of if they made Seeds of Doom this year, you you, you would have the Scorby arc set, set over three stories <laughs> and there would be implication for Scorby's death up all the way to the end of the season. That's the difference between modern Who and classic It's the difference Who. between modern television and old television because yes. Doctor Who was told in four episodes usually over four weeks. That's why it was slow. I agree. That's why it was slow. Well, is that what you're advocating a return to? I'm not disagreeing with you, James, at all. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. It, yeah. it is the difference between the two, but dare I say it, and again, Trevor, the Doctor Podcast.com. Um, <laughs> Underline that, listeners. Doctor in your Who fans from the classic era were treated more intelligently. They were not spoon-fed. Modern- no, that's, I, a, I, that's I, a lie. That's a total I, lie. I'm not, I'm not so sure it is. <laughs> I, I think it's television audiences are given everything these days. They like to be shown in, in, in stuff rather than just told. And I think sometimes yeah. it, it gets a little bit confused. And that is that is definitely not a criticism of just Doctor Who. There's loads of stuff. Some of the films that you see, particularly, well, I'd even go back as to say as the late 90s, maybe early 21st century. They had these really long films. They were two and a half hours long because you had to see the resolution of every minor little plot arc. You couldn't just get to the get to the point and I think we are now in a position where we do generally resolve oh. the main points and lots of other things aren't and those on long much. films were awesome uh, there you they go were I knew so you were going to awesome. say that <laughs> uh, I mean let's I mean real life takes time real life takes that time means I haven't got to time to watch all of these long films <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I, I, I once went to see a, a production of Great Expectations and I swear they were telling it in real time <laughs> I've been to Shakespeare plays. Now, I like Shakespeare, and uh, Michelle took me to see David Tennant in Richard II in Stratford when she was over here. Was it good? It was awful. I mean, from my point of view, it was probably a superb production, but for me, it felt like I was being slowly roasted over a spitfire for hours. Couldn't get out. But Luke Uh, was there as well, and um, I I just found it arduous and very very long um and i think if i had to digest my doctor who in that format now i think i probably wouldn't be a fan So, James, the, the question I want to ask you, mate, is you, you've said on the show and you've said to me privately before that Series 8 really hasn't fired your imagination or really got you excited, but listening to you during this recording and, you know, the, 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 the trailer seems to have reignited your passion. Is, is, is that 
you know, the, this this one minute of Doctor Who that's got you excited about Series 8. Well, I'll eight tell again. you what's reignited my passion during this recording, and that's talking to you and Tom again, because <laughs> it's been such Hooray! a long time um, that I can have a, a, a full-on argument and not have to worry about the consequences. Uh, anyway, um, what uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, I've not been particularly looking forward to Season 8 at all. Um, I, I have gone on record to say that I actually think Capaldi's casting could be a, a bit of a misstep but uh, I've, I've been very indifferent about season eight coming up you know and so when I watched this trailer I wasn't expecting it to have any impact on me at all and, and to be honest with you as I said I mean the only reason why I watched it when it went out was because I was watching the football anyway I mean I'm not entirely certain I'd have actually gone online to watch it if I'd have known it was online there and then you know I might have thought oh, I can wait till tomorrow I can wait until I, I pick it up but it did actually have a bit of an impact on me this time, and I, and I am looking forward to it. And I think if I do manage to get tickets to go and see it at the BFI, then I think that will grow a little bit. But certainly between the end of last season and the beginning of this one, I, I, think, I don't think I've ever been as apathetic about the new season of Doctor Who in the last 10 years. I've just been watching old episodes. I've been talking to Stephen about the key to time, loving that. But I've had no real enthusiasm or get up and go about the new season. I tell you what, the key to time season now, there's a place full of character development. <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're not wrong. You look at Romana. Anyway, never mind. Yes, let's look at her. Yes, mm. that's, yes, yes. I knew I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Vaguely disrespectful. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I didn't mean to offend anyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. She was, she was a goddess, an absolute goddess. Cool. Are you excited? Are you too? I mean, it sounds like you are. Um, it's my favorite. My favorite TV show has been off air for half a year, and it's coming back in, in, in less than six weeks. Of course, of course, I'm excited. <laughs> yes, um, it, 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 look, it looks wonderful. Lots of explosions. There's the there's the whispering Capaldi. Am I am I good? Yeah, I just sound like a drunk man from the Gorbals when I do that. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think hidden in the trailer, I, I think the person who made the, sorry the editing for the trailer is supposed to reflect old and new, borrowed and blue. Um, and you can apply those to any part of that trailer because the, the the doctor certainly seems very old, seems very guilty. He's new, um, living on, but he's not. He's lived on some borrowed time, and he seems very blue and confused. It's good. I think it's going to be great. I, I would agree with you, Tom. I'm I'm always excited when Doctor Who comes back. Um, sometimes it sometimes it disappoints me. Sometimes it thrills me. Um, the the trailer itself, new monsters, fantastic. Anything which expands the Doctor universe is good, in my opinion. Whether that experiment is good or bad you've, you've got to have a production team that doesn't keep relying on um, Daleks old tropes and Daleks and Sidemen although they are in this season of course but um, it, it, it's good that we seem to be getting some new monsters and that's always good in my books but yeah I, I just hope we just get on with having some adventures I mean everything I've seen of Doctor Who with this reboot for Capaldi seems to be a a reboot, a real reboot that let's start Doctor Who from its roots. There, there's a very, very strong Hartnell vibe there that we're going back to, you know, the original. Um, it's a slight spoiler to say that we are going back to uh, Coal Hill School in this series, I believe, and we are getting teachers involved. Mm -hmm. So how that works into the mix, I, I don't know. But it has me excited that... The, the production team at least cares to think that this is a reboot for Doctor Who. This is a true new start. The probably newest 
and most purest new start we've had since the series came back. Um, and, and that has me excited. Hmm. I, I, I think you're right. Um, Capaldi is not going. To, he, he's a good-looking, rugged-looking rugged look, rugged man, um, but not not necessarily the sort of pretty boy um, that has been mm. that, that he has been for the last two incarnations. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, mm. definitely. Well, guys, I think we've recorded for long enough here. We've, we've been nattering on for quite a long time. It, it's been awesome to be able to speak mm. to you both. Yeah. We should do it more often. We really I, should. Every week's fine by me. Yeah, well, do you yeah. know. <laughs> no comment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Guys and gals out there, if you're listening to this episode and have some burning issues that you want to discuss with us, please get it into feedback at thedoctorpodcast.com. We'd love to hear what you think of what we've said. We'd love to hear what you think of the new trailer. I'm sure there's already some feedback in about that. But yeah, let us know what you think about Capaldi as the Doctor, all that sort of stuff, because um, I think... Generally, we're, we're excited, and we want to hear how excited you guys are. So feedback at thedoctorpodcast.com. But until next time we meet, guys, it, it is sad, but it is a Jew. <laughs> Farewell, sayonara, bye-bye. Take it easy, Bye-bye, Giza. Tom. Take it easy, man. Bye-bye, James. Bye-bye, Trevor. Bye-bye, Tom. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> See you next week, guys. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Doctor Who podcast, brought to you this week by... Oh, no. Better not tell you. Spoilers. You can find more episodes of the show at... Oh, I better not spoil it. Somewhere. If you want to find it, they're there. Or you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or drop by the Doctor Who podcast forums and... Don't spoil anything. Thanks for listening. See you later. I know that there are people in the Doctor Who universe, in, in, the, in the Doctor Who fandom universe, I should say, who can answer this question. But let, let me ask you a question: What has been, quite apart from the announcements that have taken place about uh, tra- about trailers, what's been the big announcement or the big horrid, horrible? We talked about it. What's been the, the horror story this last two weeks? Leaks. Right. Okay. So, and you've both worked for large organisations, Trevor Trev in the US and uh, James in London, and certainly I've, I, I work for a, a large, <laughs> a large maker, yeah, make, a large maker of software. Um, but yes, Tom, I uh, work in the US. Of course you do. Yes. How long have we podcasted together, Tom? And you don't even know what country I live. in. Did I say the US? My good, you said the US. <laughs> So, 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 so yes, let's try that again. So yes, Trev, you work. For- I live in Australia. Australia. I just thought you were from the deep south. Cooey, ki- Cooey cobber up a gum tree, mate. Put another shrimp on the old barbie. Oh, I thought you. Were a bit, I thought you just. I thought you just had a Bon Scott fetish. But all right, fine. Um, oh yeah, man, right. Pop down to Telebudgera, mate. Do you know what? For the first time <laughs> in my life, my brain stopped me saying something on tape. <laughs> for the first time ever. Brilliant. Anyway, um, I know, I must be getting older. Um, what was I going to say? Listen, hang on, back, back up. So, you both worked for large organisations. Trev, you out in, in Oz. 
<laughs> and you've both worked for large scale organisations. Yes, I skipped down the yellow brick road with Dorothy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't think you told. I didn't think you told Megan about that. I thought that was just something you did for pay on webcams. No, no. We 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 all have our decret. Decret. What a pitiful and wooden D- Deep clothes. dark sides that we all hide on Tinder. Yes, that's right. Good. Right. Oh, Tom. Well, yeah, right. <clears throat> it's better so, be yes. a damn good point now, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Time to move on, lads.